Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of the Cult Spark Podcast. This is a mini-cast tonight. Two exciting things happening. Number one, we'll be talking about The Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, the third and final film in the Hobbit trilogy, or the sixth and final film in Peter Jackson's Middle Earth magnum opus, if you choose. Second exciting thing happening tonight, we have the much-awaited return of Mr. Terrence Abar to the Cult Spark podcast. Terrence, it's been a long time. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Bob? How's it going? It's going well, and how about with you? It's going pretty well. I'm excited to talk about this movie. So let's get into it. Uh, The Hobbit. You saw The Hobbit today. It's been a couple days since I've seen it. Yes, I did. I've I've let it sink in a little bit while you're still on the post-theater buzz. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll get your take first. How did you feel about the I I loved it. I actually thought out loved. of the three. Out of the three, I thought it was the best one. Really? Yeah. And how did you think it compares to the Lord of the Rings films? Is it was it was it approaching that quality, or was it great for a Hobbit film, but still? It was great for a Hobbit film, but I still prefer the three Lord of the Rings films. Okay, I think the Battle of the Five Armies is a smidge better than the second one, but not as good as the first, which is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. So what did An Unexpected Journey not have that The Battle of the Five Armies did? I think that the first film in the trilogy just was trying to do too much. And um, it just felt like a really overstuffed, like, close to three-hour film. And um, I don't know. I thought the focus in that one was just a little all over the place. And then the second one had that just uh, middle movie thing going on where it didn't really feel like it had a beginning or an end, kind of. Like, I agree. It just, yeah, it was just like a weird, like it was just an awkward feeling film. Even though the uh, the Bilbo and Smog interaction is just to me was just like phenomenal. It was the the whole movie was worth sitting through just for that stuff. But the third one just felt like a solid, complete film that wasn't trying to do anything more than entertain and stay somewhat faithful to the Lord of the Rings films. And I just thought I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. See, I think the first one is the one that feels like the most complete film because you have the story arc of the of Bilbo being thrust upon the dwarves from Gandalf. The dwarves really don't want anything to do with him. And mm-hmm. then sort of the story of that film is the the dwarves coming to accept Bilbo as a member of Thorin's party and his his acceptance into that group. That that story arc kind of makes the first one feel like a complete film to me. And it also does a really good job of introducing Azog, which I think is like a hallmark villain in the uh, the first one. Yeah, yeah, in the Lord of the Rings films, I think that yeah, uh, I, if if Jackson does anything really well, is that he creates like truly despicable, you know, heavies. And I thought yeah, these two guys were great. It's interesting. Who's the other one? Like Bolg or something? Bolg? Yeah, yeah Azog. Azog's son or something. He's I like don't the spawn remember. of Azog. Uh, yeah. As I said, the way I put it in my review, there's the the one with the hook arm, or the one with no arm, and the one with the metal head plate. That's how mm-hmm. I keep them apart. But um, it's funny. I didn't think in the first two films, I thought they were okay villains, but I didn't think really lived up to some of the guys in the Lord of the Rings. Remember that one, the the one like badass Uruk High guy, and the, was he's in Fellowship, right? Yeah, he dies at the end of mm-hmm. Fellowship. Yeah, I didn't think they really lived up to him, but uh, but Bolg and Azog are pretty badass in the Battle of Five Armies. Actually. Yeah, I love them. I thought they were pretty great. And uh, the fights you kind of get, you know, you get Thorin versus Azog, which is a pretty sweet battle up on the mm-hmm. icy. I don't know what that is. It's like an icy cliff well, it, it waterfall. looks like a waterfall frozen yeah. waterfall is that what it is i yeah. like that scene mm-hmm. and then and then uh you get azog 
versus or no, you get Bulg versus Legolas, I guess, and kind of he mm-hmm. fights a couple different people, and that that one's even though I really don't like Legolas in these movies, that's that's a pretty nifty scene. You know what? I didn't mind them too much. I remember when you saw the movie, you were like, "Oh, Orlando uh, Bloom sucks in this one or whatever." And uh, yeah, and I was just like, "No, I, you know, I didn't mind them too much. I thought he was actually pretty good. I, I thought he delivered." I seriously think the biggest problem, the biggest, it's not the biggest problem, but I feel like the biggest, most obvious mistake Peter Jackson made with these movies was bringing Legolas back. He's such a pain in the ass. I don't know, dude. With Legolas, it was obviously fan service. You know, I'm just glad he didn't, like, fucking bring the rest of the Hobbits back in or, like, you know, it was... He could have definitely... <laughs> bring the rest of what Hobbits? No, like, you know, like, he did, like, minor, minor fan service by introducing Legolas, you know, like, like reintroducing him or whatever. But, you know, I mean, he could have really it's... gone overboard with the fan service is what I'm trying to say. So I feel like he actually, you know, kind of helped back. I mean, he had Saruman in there. That was, you know, and Galadriel. That wasn't too bad with the fan service, I think. See, I was uh, fighting with people on Facebook who there were some people on my feed that were insisting that the 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 worst additions in in the Hobbit films was the was the Sar the Sar and stuff and the Dolgard was it Dolgodor? Am I pronouncing that right? I don't I don't speak very good Tolkien. Dolgodor. Every time I pronounce it, it's going to come out wrong. Uh, the place where Sarn's disembodied spirit hangs out. How about that? Yeah. Um, people didn't really like that stuff and didn't. But I, I do. I thought the wizard battle in Five Armies was fucking cool. Well, all and, that. And shit I like the birth. Fun. I really like the birth of Sarn scene, which I believe is in the second one, which I believe is in Smaug, which is one of the few parts of that movie I really like. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that stuff. I think that the um, the wizard battle definitely was kick ass. That shit was was fucking awesome. We'll talk about that in a yeah, second. That was um, cool. The um, what was I just about to say? Oh, the problem with introducing Sauron the way they do in these films is that it kind of makes the there's an exchange in the original Lord of the Rings films where Gandalf seems like why would he be surprised about Sauron returning? I guess well Galadriel he thought Galadriel actually banished him or something. Maybe I don't remember. You're saying you're saying in Fellowship it's it's Gandalf who's surprised. Yeah, like when he he finally comes to turn like like he finally comes to discover that it's Sauron. That's like he's reemerged. You in the, know what? The- I I haven't watched the original Lord of the Rings films in probably about four years. Mm. So I remember there are the scenes where. He like he goes to some library. He like takes yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, and he starts looking at all these scrolls and shit, blowing dust off of everything. But I thought that was the matter of learning about the ring and trying to find out if Bilbo had the One Ring. But I could be. Well, mistaken. I guess they did. They did do a good job of covering the ring because he never actually saw the ring. He just knew that Bilbo had a magic ring. Right. I think one of my concerns, and I know it was a concern for a lot of people, that the Battle of Five Armies was going to feel too prequely and try to tie too much into Lord of the Rings. And I really didn't think it felt that prequely. I mean, obviously you have... No, you know what? I think um, it was just another case of fan service that was just held back. Like, he didn't go overboard with that stuff. But, you know, he did introduce the uh, the Mithril shirt. And uh, they even had Frodo pop up in the first film. The Sackville Bagginses were even introduced at the end of the yeah, film. Yeah, but none you know. of that stuff's that bad. I mean, in this movie, in Five Armies in particular, you have sort of the Sauron being banished to the south or being banished to... Uh, where does he live? Where's What's Sauron's homestead? Um, the fucking Blacklands uh, Mordor? Mordor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, we, get, we get Sauron being banished to presumably Mordor. 
and you get a little bit with the the ring ring wraiths before they're the ring wraiths and then and then past that you get like the the line at the end about gandalf you know calling bilbo on the ring you know i know you got this ring that's that's not direct dialogue by the way but you get you get that line where where gandalf hassles him about hiding a magic ring from him but it's not it's just it's it's very lightly done it's not overdone and then there's the kind of eye-rolling line where where legolas gets told to go find strider and i think they could have done without that but i mean yeah you see that that was a case of where the fan service almost got excessive that's the one i would have cut but it's like one little line but past that there there's not like all this setup for fellowship of the ring to make sure that the hobbit runs directly into it and it's it it pretty much concerns itself with wrapping up its own story, drops a couple hints, a couple lines, and that's it. So I don't think prequelitis was a problem at all. All right, so let's talk about what we just brought up a minute ago, which I actually think was probably the single best scene in the film. What did you think about the wizard fight? I I thought the wizard fight was pretty great. I thought it was well choreographed. I thought it was exciting. I like that we got to see Dark Galadriel because Dark Galadriel's awesome and Kate Blanchett's awesome. I think there's the worry that it would just end up looking like old men with sticks being ridiculous, but I don't think it looks like that at all. No, man, they did a really um, good job with that stuff. I like I think that fight would 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 stand fine alongside like the 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 ghost army battle in Return of the King. It kind of has that sort of feel about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it felt like a Lord of the Rings token fight scene to me i thought it was awesome yeah it was definitely pretty awesome and i saw it um i know that you said you saw it in 2d and i, I saw it i went the, the full bells and whistles run i saw it on a imax hfr 3d or whatever and uh, uh, it was pretty i have to say the 3d effect in that scene alone was pretty awesome and then especially when like sauron pops up and they start throwing those like fucking epilepsy inducing visuals that shit was like insane and then when galadriel changed like when she did the whole dark galadriel thing the whole theater was like you just like heard like the gasp of breath of everybody it was pretty pretty awesome yeah it was sweet all right i like the first film the best i like the second one the least really Smaug, I, it's 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 Smaug, three two one three two one is my order uh one three two would be mine smile is the first jackson middle earth movie that i have problem like serious problems with and i still like it i still think it's a good to very good movie just because i like this universe i like this cast um i don't like when people knock the hobbit films so much that it's like oh they're just they're the star wars prequels for this generation or blah blah, blah. Nah, they're not that bad these are <laughs> these are fine movies i mean it's they they don't live up to the lord of the rings but they're, you know, they're certainly the not an I... embarrassment to the franchise either. Uh, My problems no, with the agree. second one, everyone says, oh, these movies are too stuffed. They shouldn't have turned one book into – they shouldn't have turned a 250-page book into an eight-hour epic, which well, I agree with. Well, one thing I'm going to say about that is that, like, the I was thinking about it the other day. And the problem with these films, right, because I've, uh, I've watched the extended versions of The Hobbit and The Desolation. Desolation you know, I've never seen them. But and um you know it's funny it's it's like the when you watch the extended versions of the of the original films it's like you're getting more stuff that they had to leave out and it's like oh you know you're getting to see this stuff realized stuff that you had heard about stuff that you were already familiar with with the extended versions of the hobbit films 
you're getting more stuff that wasn't necessarily even really in the book to begin with. So it's like you're just you're getting even more of that excess. Yeah, it, with the Lord of the Rings films, I couldn't wait to see the extended editions and have yeah. But believe me, you can even with, go without seeing these films. Yeah, like with the Hobbit, the truth, it's like I, I, I can't even tell what they added. I, I'll be I honest saw, with you. An unexpected um, journey. I saw some of the extra stuff just like on YouTube or wherever. Like I know the goblins have like their song and dance number. Yeah, much. this is really weird song and yeah, dance thing I that saw I that just on like YouTube. Hmm. But um. Uh, the second one is where you really start to feel like, okay, they stretch these movies too thin because you have the addition of Legolas, which mm-hmm. I don't like, um, partly because of his overlong, ridiculous action scenes, which are just too much. I think in my in my printed review, I said it's like Legolas turned up to 11. Yeah, but you know um, what, dude? That scene in the last movie, in the in the current one, when he's fighting that uh, bull guy and yeah, that, that collapsing bridge, that part, I, when, when the bridge was falling and he was running, like, up the falling pieces, that was fucking awesome. That I, shit was insane in 3D. It was I, there's a lot of excessive over the top. Like when he like stabs the ogre in the head and is steering him through the battlefield. It's like, ah. You know, I think the absolute worst Legolas moment in all of the movies is, uh, I think it's the second one, uh, the, uh, the two towers where he throws the shield on the stairs and he rides it down like a skateboard and then they like but see, they throw out the Lord of the Rings theme <laughs> at that moment and it, I mean, it was really horrible. It's cheesy, but it was kind of new and fresh and earned at that point. Where the, now I didn't feel it's like, like it was it was too much stop. in this one. And and then the other thing is Legolas reminds me of Evangeline Lily. What's her name? Tariel or yeah, Tariel. Tariel. Yeah, I have to say I think she's. Uh, I think she's gorgeous. I'm really <laughs> That's what you have to say that she's hot. <laughs> no, it's not even that she's hot. She was great in this. Like she could, uh, she was definitely able to pull. She had. Uh, let's put it like this. She had whatever made Liv Tyler convincing as an elf. Like I guess they share that same quality. Through no fault of her own, Evangeline Lilly and the character she plays should not be in these films. Her relationship with Keeley just reeks dude, of. Do you really think so? Like, dude, I think uh, that uh, relationship just reeks. Of I don't know. Nailing man. that. I, I, I got a little choked. I got a little choked up, man. Oh man. my I god, it was sad you're stuff. such a wuss. It was sad. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the the relationship between her and Keeley just feels so blatantly like we got to check that quadrant. We got to get the young girls. We got to get the girls who were in the Twilight to go see this movie. It just yeah, you know they were definitely pandering to the to the demographics and the age groups or and, whatever. And partially, I, I thought it worked. I mean, I, I guess you can argue that it's the same thing with Arwen and Aragorn and Lord of the Rings, but I I think it's dealt with i think that storyline is handled a little better in lord of rings and also that's based on the books i mean it's not that story isn't directly adapted from the lord of the rings the novel but it's hinted at in the novel and it's into the appendices of all that and it's so it's something that tolkien was aware of and weaved into the book now arwen has a much bigger role in the movies than she does in the book as far as like saving frodo at the fjord and all that that never happens right but it's taken from the literature and it just works better. Whereas in the Hobbit, it just feels, it's not taken from the literature at all. So they Tariel's, added this character just Tariel's like out completely of, out of made up. Way. She's completely made up and it, it just feels like checking a quadrant. 
and I hate it. And that Keeley guy is not a good enough actor. I mean, when it's when it's fucking Viggo Mortensen, you're like, yeah, get some, you know, fall in love, be happy because it's Viggo and you're rooting for him. You Keeley, know what? I I thought uh, the acting Keeley, was okay across who, the board. Who gives a fuck about Keeley, really? Or was it Feely? No, it's Keeley. Keeley. You know, Keeley. I ha- I'm really surprised but, to hear you say that just because I felt no, really I, didn't I like felt it. more invested in the characters no. in this film than and I then, did in the other two. And then not only that, but so you have the kind of bogus Keeley Tario relationship, but then you have Legolas making like sad eyes in the background because you get the hint that he kind of had a thing for her and it's not reciprocal. So well, they're like cousins, aren't they? I yeah, but that that kind of thing's kosher and Elven, right? And yeah, it's like the little cousins, incest, elf incest. I, I, I do think elf incest is a regular thing, right? Well, they live forever, so you know you're gonna get bored. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> right. You're gonna but, get bored um, hanging out in these beautiful like forest fucking. Right. I mean, gotta check off your boxes. Only so many lovely elven ladies to go around. <sighs> that would make the elven bucket list, I think. You think that kind of stuff? Yeah. But um. So yeah, not only does Legolas make me think of his over-the-top action sequences, but it makes me think of him making sad eyes at Tariel and her would-be dwarf lover. And I want all of that shit out of the movie. All of it, it only makes me think of how much I hated and, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Why? I just... I, uh, well, I mean, uh, I mean, I agree with you. We all should not like that movie, but I'm just... It's strange that that reminds you of He was one of the reasons I hated that movie, but I thought... Oh, or, oh, oh I see. You're just making a straight Orlando Bloom connection. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, okay. Okay, let me tell you what else should not be in this movie. Is that Alfred dude, the master of Lake Town's manservant guy? That's... Okay, that's something that I'm definitely gonna agree with you. You you had said you had mentioned that they had like paid way too much attention to him in your review, and I said, eh, you know, I'll see for myself. But yeah, I definitely have to agree with you. Like, it was why just is like, that guy in the movie so much? Why I guess just they... to give to give Bard some kind of like art. <laughs> that's all it was. You know, that's a show... character that doesn't even have a name in the book. Yeah, I, I don't know where and, that came from. And all of a sudden, he has a name, he's a major character, and they're, like, purposely attaching him to the heroes. Like, he follows Bart, Bart along for, like, you know, two-thirds of the movie. Well, I guess and if it's you like think about it... it's, like, constant comic relief that's not that funny. If you think about it, what would Bart be doing if he didn't have this dude hounding him and, like, you know, reminding him... So you're saying him. it was to give Bard something to do to play off. Yeah, that's basically what it was. I mean, I guess, was. like, from a writer's perspective, that's a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it any more good. It doesn't make it any funnier when it's when it's not. It was serviceable. It served uh, its purpose. But, yeah, they I, maybe they could have handled it a little better. I don't know how, but, you know, I just well, don't know. I think like that character was great. There's one reveal where he's dressed up like a woman because he, he disguises himself as a woman to get locked into this room where they put the women and children when the fighting gets fierce. And it's like, ah, oh, ha, ha, he's dressed up like a woman. But then they hammer that, like, point again later on when Bard finds him and he's dressed up like a woman and stashing gold into his bosom. And it's like, it wasn't that funny the first time and we just did it twice. So I could do with a lot less Alfred. So what else was good? What else? What else do we want to talk about in regards? Well, I to thought this movie? the smog stuff was fantastic. Smog was excellent. It's smog. Learn your smog. correct. Learn your correct Middle Earth pronunciation. It's not smog. Smog. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was great, and um, I do agree with the majority of the reviews that say that they took him out way too early. But um, I gotta say, yeah. like just just a little bit of Cumberbatch it's, voice work that we got with this film. Considering was how it. quickly the the Smaug Lake Town stuff was handled, I'm surprised they even saved it for this movie. I guess it's because they wanted to have a cliffhanger 
I guess. Yeah. They want to end the second film on a cliffhanger. But it's yeah. like 10 minutes, and it's wrapped up and, you know, done with. I'm um, wondering if the extended edition um, will have more of that stuff, because that, that was really good stuff, I thought. You know what? I didn't mention this in my print review, and I should have. The scene where Smile dies is excellent. Oh, where yeah. Where the camera sort of follows him up and zooms in on his eye, and you see the fire go out in his eye, and then the yeah. camera zooms back out, and he comes plummeting down. That is a fantastic fucking shot, dude. That was some seriously hammy shit on Cumberbatch's part. Like, I'd love to see just the mocap work for that. But it was did, pretty. It was pretty, like very, very. Uh, did Cumberbatch actually mocap it too? Or yeah, the man. There's videos of all that shit, but I don't know if there's like video of that. I don't. I don't own any of the Blu-rays. And then once again, this goes back to I loved Lord of the Rings and wanted to learn everything about those films, behind the scenes, whatever, anything. The mm. Hobbit films I really like or, or moderately like, but not enough to like want to buy the Blu-rays and watch 50 hours of documentaries. Right. But then I'm the one that pays because I didn't know that Cumberbatch actually did the mocap work. Yeah, dude. There's yeah. videos of him like walking around on all fours like a dragon nice. and shit. It's crazy. Nah, he's, he's excellent. The, the the dragon design is excellent. It's one of the high points of Smaug. I, I mean, I really – my problems with the second movie are it feels too overstuffed. It doesn't tell – there's no self-contained narrative thread like there is in the in an unexpected journey. You have the narrative thread of Bilbo being accepted by the group. There's no overarching thread for the second film like that. Like you said, it's kind of middle film syndrome. It's also all over the place. You also have Legolas shit stuffed in, Tarl shit stuffed in. It's just – it's too spastic for me. Um, mm. The third one I definitely think regroups from the second one. It's a little tighter. It's shorter. It's the shortest of the three. I still don't really like the Legolas stuff, the Tariel stuff, and I don't like the Alfred stuff. But past that, I mean, the cast is good. I mean, Martin Freeman's excellent in these movies, and this he's he's kind of underused in the second one, but he's as good as this one he is in the first one. I love I that. I think Armitage. Armitage was fantastic. I think Armitage is good. I really like the way they did the dragon sickness, the, mm-hmm. both the way it was acted and the way it was sort of shot with Jackson kind of delving into his horror movie. Yeah, like, I, like the, sort of I like the whole the idea. Funky camera angles. And, I like the whole idea of the, of the dragon brood. Like they, the quote was like the dragon was brooding in this gold for so long that it just like, caused the gold to have some sort of sickness attached There's to it. There's that, that scene where cool. he's like walking over the gold floor or whatever it is, and it kind of opens up and starts sucking him in, and it's all yeah. on his head and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but no, man, the cast is good. I mean, I love Gandalf. I, I mean, if there's one reason that these movies are worth it, it's because you actually get, in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, you get so little of Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey, because he's there in the first movie, and then Gandalf the Grey dies, and Gandalf the White you know, comes back. So you only get that one movie of Gandalf the Grey, and I love Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey. So for that reason alone, it's worth having this trilogy to get eight hours of Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey. You know, it's funny. Anytime that I look at Ian McKellen in that film, I always think about, like, when he was complaining about having to do so much green screen work on this film. I don't know if you remember that like, a few months ago. Yeah, he was like, he was complaining to Peter Jackson about, like, how he's an actor and he needs to act with human beings, not like pretending and oh, looking into a McKellen green screen suck it up yeah i don't know man i mean i think uh you know something gets lost when you're you know it's all green screen i mean look at the look at the star wars prequels no, i mean i felt so cold i agree with you 
I've never felt that green screen was a problem in these Hobbit movies. I do think there's probably too many CG characters. Like, you know, a lot of the orcs and Yurik High and all those people from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, a lot of those guys were practical. Yeah. Where it seems they cut way down on the But you know what? I think these Bulg, guys CGI, look great. You know, Bolg yeah. and Azog are both CGI. A lot and they, of the I thought they villains. looked great. I really thought they looked, like, photorealistic, especially Azog. I thought he looked fucking... Just palpable, yeah, you know? I, I, it's just, it's too much of it, you can feel it. I mean, if you pull out a frame, I can't say that looks fake and here's why. Mm-hmm. But it's just, if you have an overabundance of CGI characters, which these movies kind of do, you can start to feel it. I mean, even that, the, the one dwarf, the dwarf that Billy Connolly played in this one is clearly CGI. Mm-hmm. Thorne's brother or whoever it was, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the redhead guy with the hair. Yeah, the right. one that rode in the army. Like that, he was CGI. And it's like, you can tell. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. Isn't Billy Connolly like sick or something? I don't know. I don't know if I he's like know. bedridden I, or something. I, we should research this shit before we record. Terrence, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what we were going to be talking about. <laughs> shit. No, no, but, um, let's not. Do you that. know what I wanted to say actually was uh, one of the things that benefited from uh, seeing the film in HFR. Well, probably the thing that benefited the most was uh, Smaug himself. The dragon looks like amazing in the in the high frame rate. I don't know how to explain it, but it just looked real like when you see this guy like coming down out of the out of the clouds and disappearing back into them like all that shit looked like almost like stock video like news footage it looked wild like it looked really really realistic i don't want anything to do with that high frame rate nothing i don't know dude i I was thinking i think like when cameron like implements this for avatar the the next few films i think it's gonna look pretty awesome i i I, I let me state this. I haven't seen any of these movies. I've never seen a major motion picture projected at a high frame that high frame rate, forty eight frames per second. Right. So I'm just going by what people tell me and what I assume and what I what I think I would think, which is that it's bad and I don't want to see my movies that way. I mean, all I need to hear somebody say is that it gives it a sort of video Mexican soap opera look, which a lot of people say is what happens, and I'm just like, no. No, you know, I heard that that's how the original looked, but I have to say, I think I actually saw the last one in HFR also, but with this film, it it looked good. Like, I, I got used to it. Like, I got used to the look. Like, at first, everything looks a little sped up, but then it just, like, like your eye just kind of takes to it. I am an old fuddy-duddy who likes my movies in 2D at 24 frames per second, because that's how I like to roll, Terrence. I hear you. You know, I appreciate a good 2D screen. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like I just feel like these days to get me to pay so much money for a movie ticket, it's got to be like, you know, just give me all the fucking gimmicks. You know, if you want to throw fire in my face, that's fine. Let's do it. I think that uh, all the people that complained about the 10 million endings for the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. they don't have much to talk about this time. I thought they, we didn't get the 10 endings this time. It seems like no. I mean, it seems like Peter couple... Jackson maybe even took that to heart and dialed back a little bit. I mean, you get a couple. You get it's it's a typical run run a typical wind down for a three film trilogy, but. I think Jackson did a good job of getting out before he overstayed his welcome. Like and, it was definitely like he was getting to that point where it was start, I was gonna about to look at my watch. Even when Ian Holm shows back up and you get old Bilbo at the end, like I kept assuming, oh, this is gonna be ten minutes and Frodo is gonna show back up and they're gonna have all these tie-ins to the Lord of the Rings, and that didn't really happen. It's a very small, subtle scene transferring from Martin Freeman back to Ian Holm and then roll credits, and it's it's. They should have just short. played the next film, like like just end the film with the first film <laughs> the fellowship of the ring a fucking three three and a half hour epilogue wow i'd have stayed 
you know, somebody told me that they're going to play all, all six movies like back to back somewhere. I'm too old. Yeah, I am too old for that shit. I did I did the first three and I couldn't after that. I would I, I can't put myself through that. When ever um when Return of the King opened it was like if you could see it, I forget it opened on a like let's say it opened on a Friday. I don't know if that's right or not. But if Return mm-hmm. of the King opened on a Friday, there were certain theaters around the country that you could go like on Thursday night and see. You, you saw the extended version of Fellowship, the extended version of Two Towers, and then the mm-hmm. theatrical version. And then version. the theatrical version. Yeah, and I did do that, and it was I was I, a lot, I was a lot younger then, but it was pretty awesome. Yeah, but the Hobbits didn't actually show up at your theater, right? No, but I did have uh like uh girls, just like audience members, dressed as elves, and it was kind of hot. That's kind of just no, that's just weird. No, but we no. had we had we had cosplayers in our theater. They were. I saw. Oh, I could, no, we had cosplayers in my theater too. But when I saw it, I saw the um, the the hobbits themselves actually came out. The four characters, you know, Elijah Wood, Sean Astin, like the, the actual guys. Yeah, they came out, and uh, Gollum was talking over the PA system. And well, then he aren't came you out fucking last. special? It was a pretty special fucking thing that I paid special thirty bucks for. I think if I remember that's correctly, that's the same price we all paid. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't get Sean Astin in my theater. I was living in South Carolina at the time. And we got bar nobody... food. Did they feed you guys? They fed us. No, I bought popcorn. Oh, man. I had girls in cosplay and, chicken and popcorn. fingers and all that. Yeah, man. <sighs> Lambus bread and all that shit. Lambus bread. No, no, they didn't give us Did you have second breakfasts? And we had fucking onesies and threesies. You were wearing onesies? <laughs> what? I had a Lord of the Rings onesie when I went there. It was uh... pretty awesome. Is there anything else we want to say about The Hobbit before we go, Terrence? Um, honestly, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a tight film. I thought I, that they told the story and they were just the, – Jackson was just out to entertain and I was entertained. I had no problem after the movie like was done. I was like – I had no complaints at all. I was entertained and would give The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, a solid four stars out of five. I would give it four out of five. Yeah, that, that's that's reasonable. All right. I think that's it. All right. Thanks for think we're good? you tonight, Terrence. Okay, it's good, anytime. It's good to Thank have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you. We've got to do more of these. We, yeah, we got to get you back. We'll get you back on a full podcast sometime soon. All right. Let's do it. Uh, everyone at home, thanks for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on Facebook and on Twitter and write us a nice, a nice review on iTunes if you're in the mood. And we'll see everyone next time. Thanks. Bye.